Hey guys, it's Preston here. Before we get started with today's episode, I need to ask you for help. Every week, Clay and I show up ready to give our most authentic, genuine advice for freelancers trying to scale their business, but without a freelancer on the other end of the call, it's really just not as fun. So if you've been listening for a while, or even if you're brand new here and you still haven't joined us for a call, do me a favor and click the link in the show notes of this episode, or just visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. There, you can sign up for a time to chat with me and Clay. You'll find a short survey so we can learn more about your business, and we promise we'll do our best to help you take your freelance business to the next level. It's all free. There's no catch. We just love to air these conversations on the podcast. You don't have to be a podcaster. You don't have to have everything figured out, but in order to make this show every week for you and thousands of other listeners, we need your help. So visit freelance2founder.com today and sign up. We can't wait to chat with you. And now, on to the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, hiring. It's often a stressful process, but it doesn't have to be that way. With returning guest Logan Ray, my co-host Clay and I run through some of our best advice for hiring better employees more often. And yes, I admit we get a little feisty in this episode, but it's really just our passion for helping people like Logan succeed that gets us all fired up. So stay tuned for one entertaining and educational episode. We'll be right back. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance rules restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co and joining me on the air as always is my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey Clay. What's up man? I am ready. Ooh, I did that all in one breath. Are you impressed? <laughs> I am impressed actually. <laughs> uh, also joining us today is our friend from just a few episodes ago, Logan. Hi Logan. Hey, how are you guys? Nice to chat with you again. Well. And you've got two more guests with us from your team as well. Yep. We have Hannah and we have Reagan here. Hi, Hi. Hannah and Reagan. Hello, hello. We have got a full house today. This might be the most number of 
people we've ever had on the podcast at one time. So that'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> we we have Logan back on the show. If you haven't listened to her original episode with us, it's worth listening for some of the context of the conversation we're going to have today. But essentially, um, we had Logan on the show. And <laughs> afterward, Clay goes, man, you were salty on that episode. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm sorry, man. I was fired up. I was wanting to help Logan. And um, it sounds like maybe some of the some of the stuff we went through last time was helpful but uh logan why don't you just why don't you just give us like a quick recap of what happened last time and then maybe some of the stuff you've done since then based on some of our advice of course awesome so um i took back a lot of the stuff that you guys had to say and i spoke about it with my team and we were like you know sometimes we find ourselves making a lot of excuses um for why we hired the way that we hired or why we put up with certain behaviors that we were putting up with. And then ultimately we came to the decision of what fits the bill and what doesn't fit the bill for a functional organization. And um, we made some choices to let some people go um, after giving them, you know, a little bit of an opportunity to rise to where they, you know, we needed them to be and they weren't, you know, they weren't willing. So um, we made some adjustments and now we kind of know what direction we want to go with the organization. Now we just need to figure out what those red flags and those green flags are. Yeah, I love that. Today's conversation, we're going to talk all about the hiring process, what Clay and I look for when we're hiring, maybe things we've heard from other uh, professionals we've worked with, like what what to look for, what questions to ask. So it, I think it's going to be a good uh, episode here talking just a little bit about the hiring process. But but you essentially, I mean, I'm trying to remember how many employees did you have before you let some of them go? Um, so I think I had 15 or 16 full-time. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you said 15 last time. So you let, I mean, close to half of your team go based on our advice. I sort of feel a lot of pressure, Clay. I don't know about you. Mm, a bit. I, I mean, I love that you're taking action. Like yeah. our biggest, our biggest complaint um, is that we get people on the show. We give them advice that we know will work because we've been through it. We've done it before. And then, they just drag their feet. They, they don't, don't do, do shit. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> and you did it. I mean, you, you took action and that, and you took maybe the hardest action as a business owner, right? Is letting someone go. Yeah, it definitely wasn't an easy choice at all. Yeah. I've had to do that as well. And it's never an easy choice, but like it feels right. It's weird how hard it's weird yeah. how hard it is and almost discouraging while also empowering and, and like you can feel like it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Clay. Have you had have you had much experience um, having to let people go? Like as you were growing oh, your I agency. Have, oh, I have lots I, of experience. With that. Well, and then earlier this year, I, was it earlier this year? You like let uh, your whole team go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the first time around, my first agency. I mean, I I never did any kind of like bulk firing. I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, it was just you know it was it was one of those things where it's like. As I hired people and they didn't work out, I fired them. You know what I mean? It's yep. just like as yep. as it as we grew and and things like that. So like I, I have plenty of experience with that. Um, and then yeah, earlier this year I let um, my entire team go uh, because I switched, I transitioned business models, and so there was just yeah. not a need. I basically what I did was I transitioned into into using contractors. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. So. Yeah, I've been there. Yep. And I think the goal of today's episode then is to say like, 
What can we do in the hiring process to to mitigate that risk? Because no one wants to have to let people go. No one wants to fire people. So what can we do on the front end to not have to, to fire? But but it's sort of just part of business. When you're scaling a business, when you're growing a business, like it's just going to happen. You're just going to have employees that it just doesn't work out. So let's let's jump in today, Logan. Um, where do you, where do you want to start with the hiring process? Should we start with uh, what questions we think you ought to ask as you're hiring, or what would be most helpful? Yeah, so I'm thinking that um, questions that we should start the conversation off are what kind of um, even just like letting them know what the expectation is before they even come in the door. Like how the, we can talk, I guess, even about the like soliciting the job part too from mm. the beginning. Like, you know, don't apply for this job if you're not going to be willing to X, Y, and Z without it, you know, being too aggressive either. This mm. is our hiring process. Because believe it or not too, I have one gentleman who left a, um, a bad review because we didn't get back to him on whether we said yes or no to him getting the job um, fast mm. enough. And it's like, I've applied to so many jobs where I didn't even get a response. So, mm. Well, yeah. sounds like you dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I had to call him and explain to him and he ended up turning his one star into a five star, but it's just like, why did that even happen? Yeah. Okay. So the question is, um, what should be included in like a job posting or a job listing in order to attract the best people? Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say that. Okay. I love that starting point. Clay, do you have any ideas? Um, so I just want to get some, a better idea of where you are. Are you, so I know you let some people go, but like, are you, are you going to hire right now? Are you so going to replace those people? Eventually, but we're going to do it in a slow way right now. Everything's completely stable. Um, the clients that we currently have are, you know, being catered to. I, again, realize the amount of work that, um, majority of the employees that I do have that do do their part, you know, how much of other people's jobs they were doing, um, which they were also after taking that um, analysis, they were rewarded for, you know, their noble mm-hmm. deeds, but it shouldn't be that way. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to make it so that we have a full workforce, all bases covered, and it's not unfair to anyone that's on the team yeah. there. Are you currently at Redline, meaning um, full capacity? Like is every, every, is every single person working at full capacity? Um, so I, I still have, I have a, somebody that actually just started this week. Um, but that was expected, you know, before I even got rid of everybody, they were going to start, we'd hired them two weeks ago, um, for their start date to be this week. And, you know, obviously there's a baseline where he has to get adjusted and, you know, learn the processes and the systems sure. and how we do things. So I wouldn't want to throw more work at him. And then the same thing too, yeah. some of our other employees, you know, management is fully focused on um, building a better structure and trying to figure out where and how we got to the point where complacency was acceptable. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have, you know, my other, other people that are working, um, they're not... Like, I don't think I would give extra projects to like my web developer right now either. Like she's kind of at max capacity. Um, she's taken okay. off a lot of the roles too of things that people weren't doing. So, so it sounds like the answer is yes. You're, you, guys are, yeah. you guys are pretty much it. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to need You're going to need to hire here fairly yeah. soon. I was yeah. going to, I wanted to ask that because I think this is really important for everybody to hear, you, uh, everyone listening, is that you should always hire before you hit the red line. Yeah. So like a lot of people make a big, big, big mistake is they wait until their entire team's at capacity and then they hire. And then what ends up happening is you rush hire because all of a sudden you brought on a brand new client. It might be a big one. And now you have to like figure out how to do the work 
like start the work pretty quickly. And then now all of a sudden you're, you're hiring the bad, the, the wrong people because you have to hire quick. So keep that in mind. Um, you should always hire before you hit the red line. Um, so that way you can slow hire and take your time with it. That yeah, right you there hire, is you hire for where you want to be, right? Not where yeah. you currently are. If you've if you waited too long to hire for where you are now, then yeah, it just causes all those problems. Yeah, I mean, I I would say like just this just this factor alone of just hiring before you reach capacity will solve a lot of problems. It really will because it'll it will allow you to slow hire and make sure you hire the right people. So I I know that's like. That can be super uncomfortable for people because they're like, well, I need to justify it with more revenue and blah, blah, blah. But like, sure, I get that. But it's 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 a much lesser of a problem versus if you quick hire. So it sounds like that may have been the case in the past with some of the people that you had on your team. So just make sure to to hire before you reach capacity. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it too is, is um, you know, when you, you move with empathy or you move with the idea that somebody gave you an opportunity and, and you were able to apply yourself to get, like you took it seriously enough. I, I see sure. that in people that say that they want the opportunity, but then when it comes time to demonstrate or to do the work, they lack the, um, the drive. It's not a consistent, it's like, I'll say what I have mm-hmm. to say in order to get through the door. But then after that, it's like, you know, who are you? And that's where the quick to fire comes exactly. into play. And so like, I know Preston does this. Um, I get, I think Preston, you do 90 days, right? Yeah, I do. I do 60 days. I do 60 days. So like basically it's a kind of a trial air, a trial period. And it's where it's like, okay, we're going to start you now 60 or 90 days from now. We're going to reevaluate, we're going to evaluate your, your performance. And that's, and you know what? We, I, I, I phrase it as um, not just I'm going to evaluate their performance. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is this is partially true because I work exclusively with contractors, right? So it's not an employer-employee relationship. It's a little bit different of a relationship. But, uh, you know, listen, long-time listeners of the show know that I, I still treat my contractors like my team. I mean, we are a team. We just, not everyone works full-time. And some do, but not everyone does. Mm-hmm. But, but I always phrase it like in 90 days, let's, let's you know, intentionally get together and chat about how this is going for both of us. Do I feel like you're a good fit for our team? Do you feel like you're a good fit for our team? Is, is, is the compensation working out for you? Is, do you like working with us? Am I a good boss? Like, it's not fair for me to just say in 90 days, I'm going to evaluate you. It's like, no, in 90 days, I'm also going to be evaluated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, Yeah. And at that point you got to make those decisions. Right. Yeah, for sure. And and everyone's going to have like their own timeline, right? That might it might be a 30-day. And honestly, I've I've gone shorter. There's been times where it's like 30 days in, it's just clear they're not responding to emails. I mean, this is these are like most oh, severe yeah. cases, right? Not yeah. responding to emails or taking days and days to respond to simple Slack messages or something. It's like, look, this isn't going to work for another 60 days. There's no point in <laughs> pretending like it's mm-hmm. like we can make this work. Here's your pay for this month and um and thanks but no thanks and and then we just move on. But but pretty typically it is that 90 day mark. And I think um I don't know how how long how long when we're if we're talking like slow hiring, okay? So coming back to Logan's question about like how to put out the perfect job posting to find the right person. 
When we're talking slow hiring, how often do you usually go, Clay, between the time you post a job and the time you actually hire someone for that job? Uh, man, this is all relative though. Like it's like, it depends like on it's how much different time. with every, yeah, different with every it depends on how much time you want to put it, like how much focus you want to put into interviewing, how, like how many interviews and all that stuff in a short amount of time and stuff like that. But like, if I had to put it, uh, if I had to quantify it with me working it around my normal schedule, it's probably like three or four months. Yeah. Like seriously, it's like three or four months. Yeah, I'd say mine's probably a little bit shorter. Uh, like, if if I went, maybe six weeks would probably be the average. I'd say. Mm. Although I w- I think a lot of the like the best hires that I've ever had, I'd say uh, I knew them ahead of time. Like, so it's yes. hard to say. It's hard to say. You know, it took six weeks because. You know, for example, we have a guy, Mateo, on our team right now, and he helps with a bunch of stuff. And before that, he just wrote articles for us on the blog. And so, like, I had interaction with him. We had worked together on, like, sort of a one-off basis for a while, for maybe a year. And then this position came open, and I was like, oh, Mateo would be perfect for this. Um, So I had already known him. And so then it was like, I think that was like a week or two. By the time I made the decision, we chatted about it. We sort of each had questions back and forth. We just did like an email interview. Basically, we didn't even get on the phone. Um, And then we decided it was going to work. So I think it can depend. But but, um, I think the idea is to not rush into it, right? So it, it just depends on how well you know the person. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I would say... And Logan, I don't know if you do this at all, but like now for me, I don't put job ads out there. I recruit. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. 
Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. So I always recruit the right person, and then I find a role that fits them. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that also sounds very challenging because I've, I've, tried that to some degree it has it has somewhat worked but yeah yeah. i mean i mean you're not gonna get like explain okay go deeper into that what what why do you why is it somewhat worked tell me about that so essentially i have um i have people that apply that say they are experts and they're the best and they know what they're doing and this and that and i ask them for a portfolio and Sometimes that portfolio belongs to them, and sometimes that portfolio um, came from the internet. And okay, but you- hold on, hold on. Let's let's back up because what Clay's talking about is not um, not a job like, application. Yeah, you know, not I'm, someone- I'm getting into like how I how I hired them. So I hired them with them saying either they know what they're doing or they don't know what they're doing. Um, if they you know or they have a general idea or interest in a certain direction, so then I hire them and we start to go through the steps. I have to start them in some direction or some department or some you know some amount of task list um, uh-huh. and you don't know what they're gonna catch on to or what they're gonna be capable of like you know because especially in creative like you guys know this with an agency you can't hire somebody and expect them to fit into graphic designing if they have none of the technical skills of a graphic designer. Mm-hmm, Even if mm-hmm. they do have the technical skills of the graphic designer, sometimes it requires the eye. And if they don't have the eye of, you know, what aesthetically is going to be um, acceptable by the client, then you end up with a loss too. Like sure. I have people that literally submit the craziest portfolios and, and what we evaluate them for is, you know, were you able to create something that like looks decent is this something that our client would would want in this texture format or is the skill set there even if like what they created isn't necessarily something that like our client would be asking for yeah Yeah, i think what we're talking about here logan is like instead of um putting out a job application for a graphic designer getting portfolios and saying like who's the most talented instead you say Okay, I've you know I've I've been a professional for however many years and over over that time i've rubbed shoulders with or bumped into or worked with these three graphic designers who are really great, but they currently have jobs other places and they're not looking for a job, but I'm going to call them up and I'm going to say, Hey, you should come work with me because I'm working Mm -hmm. on this cool thing. And I love the work that you do. And I can offer, you know, more pay than the place you're at or whatever, like any benefits that you have. And you go out and actively recruit headhunt and recruit instead of like, instead of inbound, right? It's, it's an outbound so, strategy. Yeah. So you're recruiting the person. You're not recruiting their okay. skill set. You're okay. recruiting the person because you know that they are going to fit in your culture. They're going to be great with clients, but not but, but and in, in addition to that, they also have the skill set, right? 
So it's recruiting the right people, not not pulling from a job applicant pool. So like a, a perfect example um, of one that I, I recruited who had no skill set. Okay. No skill set. Now keep in mind, I was not hiring for a graphic designer. Um, I was hiring for someone to do social media management who would actually go out to clients on location and take photos and videos and things like that. So I frequent Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A, right? And everybody knows how how friendly the people at Chick-fil-A are, whether it's forced or not. I know that's the way they're trained. But like the the I you know, there's this particular girl who worked there who I saw quite often because I always went to Chick-fil-A. And I I'm in my mind, like I'm like, dude, this girl would be great with clients because she's like she's she's got a bubbly personality. And, you know, just from like through small, tiny conversations, like I knew she was going to school for like marketing stuff and all that. And so I was like, dude, like this girl would be great. So I recruited her and I said, hey, I think you would be great with social media management on my team. And so I made her made her an offer and she joined the team. She left Chick-fil-A and joined the team. So like that's recruiting. That's not putting a job out there and saying, hey, let's pick the best one. That's specifically targeting a very individual, like a very specific person. I did that recently as well on the basis again to you that they didn't, you know, they had some, they were working in like basically the call center for like SEO. Mm -hmm. I hired, I hired um, two girls from there. Maybe that was my mistake too, was hiring two. I should have just been like, just one. And then let it, you know, let it go. They had a pre-existing relationship. Um, and I gave them tons and tons of direction and training and tasks to do and things to, to step forth on. And they did some of it. But then when it came time to go and like meet with a the client, they waited until 20 minutes before the meeting to like ask questions that I thought they already had answered. Why did you recruit this person? Um, proven method, like, you know, liking their style of approach, liking that they had some idea of what it was that you did, um, seeing them want better for themselves. Um, cause they, I know they're like significant other. Um, the second person I recruited, she interviewed really well. Like she came from that girl and after I explained what the job would be and what the tasks would be and the responsibilities would be, I, you know, she went and said, Hey, I have a friend who I also works with me. This is like her track record with what she's currently doing in sales. And I think she'd be really great for this position. And basically it just turned into like a codependency where neither one of them could work independently and they weren't, um, they just weren't producing. And then mm-hmm. when it came to push the shot, they, they were like, in the same desk cubicle with their feet up on top of each other watching TikToks for half the day. Mm. How did you find all of the rock stars on your team? Um, well, let's say one came in off of following me on social media and then seeing that I was recruiting and, you know, said, Hey, I think I can do the job. Um, another one applied on indeed and interviewed and we weren't anticipating hiring her at first just because we were looking for somebody with more of a skill set because what i've also found too is that i feel bad when i hire someone expect them to do a job and then i don't have the time to micromanage their education or them learning something and then they're not beneficial so like i just Mm. you know at that point i don't i don't want to hire that person i want to make sure that i have somebody in line yeah to teach them something or to at least manage them i didn't have that at the time 
Um, but then I ran into her mother at the pool and she had such nice things to say about her and show me, you know, some work examples of well, things. Of course, her mother is going to say, I nice know so her, mo- her mother, her mother, <laughs> that's a, te- that's a terrible, on the carpet on that one. Yeah. Like, you can't, that's- you can't, you can't go no. by someone's you mother. Know, that was a good hire. That was a good hire. <laughs> oh yeah. You're rock stars here. That was luck. Lucky. Don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> she's had no, she's had no attention to what's going on around her or what's being said to her by other people that aren't saying things that they should be saying and focus on what she needs to do and she's getting the education and she's showing me that she's able to do it and then she's checking in to to tell me if it's too much for her if she's right on track and that's what i want in an employee okay 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 i have nothing but good things to say all right so i I, i'm just curious like real quick what types of roles do you have on your team you have creatives right Mm -hmm. you have you have operations yep what else so basically right now I have like an office manager. I have an executive assistant that kind of liaisons between me and the office manager and the staff. She, she, you know, basically just assists in anything that the office needs. Mm-hmm. I have a like multimedia um, person that's able to um, do photo, video and graphic design to some degree. I have a graphic design intern that was um, being mentored by somebody who's left Um so now I just have a graphic design intern that's, you know, working with uh-huh. the new, new employee and then kind of picking up some things as we go from the web de- development department. I have somebody that's managing the websites and the SEO. And then um, I basically eliminated my entire social media department because that's where the ball was being dropped. Okay. Like the so, entire department just got wiped. Okay. Um, I, okay here's, here's my take on how to, how to pre-qualify good candidates. This has worked brilliant brilliantly for me um you you do your typical interview right like you just make sure that that you jive with them but here's what you do depending on the role is you need them to actually do something like do a task so for a creative you need to assign them some small task pay them for it okay Pay them for it, just because I'm I'm a fan. I, I I'm not a fan of like having people do actual creative yeah. work and not paying. Yep. yep. So pay or them for it. Yeah. Um. And say, hey, we're gonna pay you for this project. It could be any project. Just like make up a project. It could be client related or it could be some made up bullshit project. But pay them for it and and see what the result is. Based off that, you can hire them or not hire them. Right. Um. If it's an if it's a operations person who needs to be super attention to detail, then what you do is when someone comes in and they interview, you hand them a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen and you say, I want you to document every step that you took from the time you left your house to the time you sat in this chair. I'm going to give you 10 minutes and see how detailed they are. Because if they if they just say, oh, I walked out the door, got in my car, and walked in and sat in this chair. If, that, if that's all they say, wrong hire for an operations person. But if somebody goes into super high detail about like, oh, I, I planned out my morning, you know, an hour and a half before I left, I picked out my clothes, you know, and then I, I got dressed and then I fed my dog and then I walked out. Then I, I drove uh, to your office going this particular route. It took me whatever, 
you know, 22 minutes, if they're super detailed, then that's going to be a good operational person. And, and don't give them any direction. You just tell them, hey, document your, your, uh, your route to here. Um, if it's a salesperson, in my opinion, you have to have them pitch you in a fake pitch and see what happens. If they get flustered, they're probably not a good fit. But by the way, on sales though, if you ever ha- try to hire any salespeople, that's the hardest thing to hire. You're going to go through 10. Hardest. You're going to, it doesn't matter how well you interview people. You're going to go through 10 of them before you find one good one. Just giving you that expectation. So I think for me, if we're talking about red flags when you're hiring someone, let's say you get them on an interview or or even you're just sort of chatting back and forth because I will say I've actually not done as many formal interviews. Uh, I've done more just like sort of casual conversations. And I don't know, Clay, like did you end up interviewing the Chick-fil-A employee? Did you have like a sit-down interview? No, I recruited her. Like I, I just yeah. knew that she was going to be good. Yeah. yeah, and that's as I look back, I think I, that's how I, most I wouldn't of my recruit, team has been hired. Yeah, I wouldn't recruit somebody if I knew that they wouldn't be good. Yeah, of course, naturally. So, so I think for me, like I, I've done fewer formal interviews, but but things I look for during the process of like getting to know someone, or you know, doing sort of an informal interview over email or whatever however you want to do it. Obviously everyone has their own systems or their own processes and preferences. But like I, um, I look for overconfidence to me. Overconfidence is a red flag. Like if someone's like, Oh yeah, I could do that. No problem. I've, I've done that a million times to everything that I ask about. (laughs) Right. I'm like, there's Mm -hmm. no way you're, you're perfect and amazing at everything. I would actually rather you have a few things that you have never tried that you have no idea how to do. Um, than that you have like a perfect five-star record on, you know, allegedly have are perfect at all of it. So like that, so for me, that's a red flag. Another red flag is like um, when they, when they have conversations with me, they don't like use words that, (laughs) that we use in our industry. Right. So like, you know, if I'm trying to hire someone to help with email marketing and, and they're not using words like conversion rate or click through rate or open rate or, uh, you know, deliverability or like words like that, then I I can't hire that person if they can't even like speak the basic language of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's another red flag for me. Um, another red flag is just like personality. Like if, like if, if someone's just sort of like, we're pretty easy going on our team. We sort of go with the flow. Uh, we're not all about like massive month over month growth. Uh, we, we like a good work-life balance. We like to take lots of time off. And if, if someone comes in and they're just like super hardcore, they're just not going to fit in on our team. I love hard workers. We all work hard. But if they're like, if they're like, you know, the equivalent of like a meathead at a gym where it's just like all intense all the time, they're not going to fit in. So you got to make sure that the way they talk and the way they interact with you sort of fits with your culture um, and with your style of working. And if, and if they don't, then, um, then that's going to be a huge problem, even if they're the most talented person, even if they have all the skills that you need. Yeah. And in fact, I take I take personality, um, and I take uh, like cultural fit over skill set any day, Same. Same. like 
a hundred times over um, because I can teach and train and hire subcontractors for skills for like, for like um, commodities, <laughs> like, you know, writing and design and things like that. What I can't do is, is like hire out someone who's a good cultural fit to a subcontractor. They have to, they have to get how our team works and they have to get our team culture. So for me, that's the most important. I watch for those, those red flags. I don't know, Logan, does anything sort of resonate there with those ideas? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we've been at least trying to do. Um, there's, I took myself, I thought it was me too. So I took myself out of the, the hiring process for like the last batch of people. <laughs> and we got pretty much the same result. But I think that, um, I think that making sure that they know and understand the language is very important. I think that, um, them having some amount of proven result. I also really like that you guys said to like, you know, put, give them a task and, and even pay them for it. I think the thing about the ops manager is spot on. That's not something that we've done. So I think that's something that could be game changer um, in the way that we weave through people and whether they're a good fit or not a good fit. Like right now, mm-hmm. basically like take their word for it. And then like <laughs> whatever is on, on the paper that may or may not be true. Yeah. Here's another thing too. I don't know if this is exactly legal. So check with a lawyer because we're not lawyers. Um, I think it is. I did it. <laughs> but what you want to do, if you're going to put a job out, job ad out there that will help filter 90% of the bad people is you require them to submit a one minute video. Mm. Yeah. On, on Especially why, if you're hiring a remote yeah. team. They, there's this really cool, I think it's called Hire View. Uh, yeah, Hire View. So Hire, H-I-R-E-V-U-E. And there's, I'm sure there's tons of competitors and whatever, but it's this super cool, um, like interview tool basically where you ask questions and they respond in video format. Really, really cool. I would, I would actually, I would actually not use something like that. Really? Why's that? <laughs> yeah. So like, and this is why, um, I, I'm sure that's a great tool. Um, for the for the purpose and intent for what it's used well, for. Well, in but fairness, like, I have I've used it I've used it to apply for a job years ago, and I've not ever used it to hire. So I don't know if it's a great tool. Okay, I just thought okay. the concept was cool. So so th- this is this is the reason why I say require every single applicant to submit a one minute video, and and all you do is you say, hey, uh, submit a one minute video on why you think you should be hired. That's it. That's the only description that that they're given. Um, keep it wide open. Really, all you're looking for does not, in my opinion, does not matter what they say, how creative the video is, doesn't matter if it's completely raw or produced, whatever. As long as they tick off the box that they actually did it, it's a pre-qualification. That's it. So I mm, yeah, I see what it's you're saying. super and I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna be super difficult to try not to like prejudge people based off their video, but, but don't do that. Just like make that as a pre-qualification just to move forward to the next step, which is the interview process. Because I'm telling you right now, 90, 95% of applicants, especially, especially if you do it on Indeed, will not submit a video. Now the ones that do, you know, you know, they want the job. And here's, what's really cool about this is that they're willing to do, a task to get the job done, right? 
And so that's so that, good because technology, technology right now, like people can submit a, a resume and a cover letter, like a copy, copy paste, and paste. Uh, like yeah. so fast. Um, tools like ZipRecruiter and Indeed help people like just like one click submit, you know, uh, a CV or whatever. So like that's such a good piece of advice. Uh-huh. And and you could even, frankly, you could even not watch the videos. Right. Or you could have someone else I, on the yeah. team like watch the video, make sure that it's them and they're talking about the right things. But like even just and like putting this maybe a little bit lower in the in the requirements for the application, yeah, that would weed out That's, so many people who only mildly care about the job. Yeah. I, I would say, you know what's so funny about you watching the, not watching the video? I did not watch the videos. Yeah. I I the only thing I checked for was that it was actually a minute. And not to not any longer. Well, and I because think you, you could like look for different things depending on the job description, right? Like if they're if you're hiring a social media person, maybe you watch the video and like see what what kind of content they can create. And maybe if they're a, a an operations person oh, looking true. for detail, then yeah, you're looking mm-hmm. for like exactly sixty seconds, right? Like you yeah. could actually use that to to gather more information about the person. Yeah, because like if especially if it's an operations person, like if you say, hey, submit. A one minute video, and then you put in parentheses no longer than one minute, but they submit a minute and five second video. Okay, then they're not very good at attention to detail. You know what I mean? And so, like that's that's the biggest thing I looked at. Um, and I also do not tell them how to submit it. I just give them the e- the email of where to send it. And the reason why I don't tell them like, hey, what tool should you use to send the the video is because I want to see if they figure it out. Yeah. Because quite honestly, you're a marketing agency. It's very techie. They should be able to figure that out. Yeah. What do you do when you have no applicants because of these standards? Oh, then you don't have any applicants. Like we're then you don't hire anyone. Like, like cringing because we're just like, oh my god, it's literally pulling teeth. Oh, it's it's so much better to not hire anybody because you have yeah. no applicants versus hiring somebody who's bad. Yeah. That will cost you. Hiring a bad a bad applicant that will cost you thousands of dollars if you actually sit there and do the math, versus not hiring anybody. Just Has don't just don't little, take just don't take on like, any new clients. Yeah, no, that's kind of that's where we're at. That's that's really where we're at. Um, do a wait list for clients and don't take on any more new clients until you actually can hire somebody. Well, wait, I'm I'm just really curious about this. Like, you just you just get zero applicants for jobs. Well, not we get zero applicants. We get zero and nothing that we would um, want to spend our time even talking to. And wh- where where are you posting your jobs? So we have Indeed, we have ZipRecruiter, we have LinkedIn. Um, we just did a trial with CareerBuilder, um, Talent.com. Uh, we tried a recruiter. Oh my God, we tried a recruiter. And I kept having to ask the recruiter, I was like, can you please look at this applicant? And if you would not hire them to... Um, work in your own business. Do not send them to me. Have you tried fi- like different Facebook groups, like community groups? Yeah, we tried Facebook too. Unfortunately, with Facebook, you don't you do not get as much value. Um, you get people again that aren't really reading what the job description is, but then saying that they're willing to like you know do whatever, and it, it ends up not being. So good. you have to re- I, you I have, have to recruit then. Maybe yeah. a suggestion too, based on our last conversation. I know you had talked about your hiring locally. In the job market, and particularly in the U.S., like there's just there's just there's so many jobs available right now, and and people not wanting to take them. So like this isn't this like this isn't general advice. This the stuff we're saying um, may not work right now. You know what I mean? It's strictly because of the job market. If it were me, 
honestly, you're, you're a marketing agency. There is no reason that people have to come into the office um, to do digital marketing work. And, and um, I know that some people hate the idea of a remote office place or whatever, but like I, I would start looking outside the thing of, is, though, is a lot of it does have to be like it's collaborative, and a lot that's of that's fine. Uh, you can collaborate remotely. My whole team is remote. You can, you can collaborate. come in and sit. Like even if Desiree, like for example, Desiree is one of our web developers. Even if she's not the one that is doing the work, she's handing it off to somebody who isn't in our office. They still like the face to face with somebody who knows what they're doing and is able to make changes in front of them. Like I have clients come in the office almost daily. You need I to fire those. You need to fire those clients. Well, I mean, they're they're, they're the ones that forward. really want you. Th- you you're saying really you have clients that actually come in and they want to watch your team make Ooh, updates to the site in real time. On it. Yeah, in real time, they want they want to talk to somebody that knows what they're doing. I mean, that's why we were able to close at the rate that we were that, able to close. Like, I just closed a, a nationwide corporate company that it's in a billion dollar industry. They're from the startup. They they had made another company prior that I um I you know, was vetted and worked with them briefly, very, very briefly on. But one of their partners was saying that I was too small for them and they needed somebody bigger. So they went bigger. This next one that they just, they're starting from the ground up. They handed me the whole project that they like because I'm responsive. I have an office they can walk into. Um, I have employees that, you know, are in-house that know what they're doing. Like that, that people have been wazzy woozy so many times, especially like larger, you know, uh, infrastructures that have um, C-level employees that don't necessarily have the skill set and they don't have an in-house marketing team that they want the face-to-face and that they want the to be able to talk to the person that's doing the work. Is that what you want? Um, yes, if it ends up working. Like if I can find people that will be dedicated and, and enjoy their positions enough to give... If you, me- had, if you had to choose between a client who wants to come in, in into your office and watch site updates being made versus a client who will just trust you to get it done, which one would you choose? Um, okay. So like that, it depends because here's the problem too. The the clients that I can't get to give me a clear direction or on the phone or to look at things with me, you know, those are bad clients too. Cause then they want all these changes. You make all the changes and then they didn't describe their changes correctly. So like, I almost sometimes prefer them to be in person. I think it builds and strengthens the relationship. So so you, you, it sounds like you like the in-person model, which is fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, I, I mean, Clay and I can agree on this, and we'll just agree to disagree that a client that comes in every day or or multiple times a week or even multiple times a month to, like, watch your team work or or get, like, in-person updates, to us, that sounds like a nightmare. If that's something you enjoy, that's fine. We'll agree to disagree. But I think what I'm getting at is, like, you have – you have um this hiring issue where you're you're not getting applicants or any applicants worth looking at, you might have to widen the pool. You have at your disposal something that business owners 50 years ago dreamt of, and that is a global workforce pool of candidates. You could hire someone from anywhere in the world. And and instead instead of hiring just from like your city or your state or even your country, and yes, have keep a few people in the office. You go to the office, have the clients come in, talk with like the team leaders, whatever. But when it comes to like the day-to-day work, you can totally hire a remote. And by the way, COVID has done you a huge favor because plenty of clients understand now mm-hmm. if someone's not in the office, you can Zoom with them. Right? So so like I I think I think that would be a huge problem solver for your hiring process. 
to, if you're not getting good enough candidates currently from your geographic area, go outside and, and see what else you can find and see if that helps you find people that you can trust that can get good work done that, and I think you'll be surprised. I have been pleasantly surprised hiring internationally, like the quality of work I can get for the cost and, and um, just like the work ethic of a lot of, a lot of my team members, it just like blows my mind. Um, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised if you experimented with it. I'm, I'm open to it. I, I have one remote employee that's been great. That's been with me for years. Actually, he's probably my oldest, longest employee. But anytime that I've tried outside of him, it has not been a pleasant experience. And 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 maybe you're not the kind of person that likes to to work with remote workers. So I, you know, I can see that it might not be a cultural fit for you. Yeah. So I, I get that. But just, but yeah, if it comes down to like what's best for your business versus what's best for your personal working style. You just have to weigh those options. Right. How, what, what, what city do you live in again? Um, we're in Lake Worth, Florida. So we're right between West Palm and, um, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So you have people, there's people there. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time. Let me, let me tell you a, a perfect, perfect place to recruit from. And I have done this for years, and it's been a gold mine for me. You have to do some training, but you will find the you will find great personalities and good work ethic. Work ethic are uh, are people who are in the food service industry, like they're servers, they're waiters and waitresses. There are no like people who do that job, especially now. Especially now when when there are where you can get paid more in unemployment versus if you actually serve at a restaurant, the people who actually work at a restaurant right now, they're doing it not because of the money. They're doing it because of out of principle, like they are good workers. They're hard workers. And so if you recruit from that pool and you train them how to do the job that you need them to do, they will be ecstatic because one, they will probably get paid more. Two, they will no longer have to work nights and weekends. And three, assuming you go back to salary, they will go back, they will be on a salary job versus an hourly. What kind of pay do you think is beneficial for somebody that's coming from food service? Like what do you offer them as an hourly that you think is comparable, especially when they don't have any um, prior? (laughs) Wait, I think we talked about this last time. Stop paying your people hourly. Yeah. No, but not even just hourly. Like, what do you pay? What is their value when yeah. they don't? Especially if you're hiring from food service, they don't have what, whatever what, the whatever the entry pay? level is for for marketing in in your area. Okay. So yeah. minimum and whatever wage, value they're going to bring to your business. Minimum wage where I am is um, ten dollars, and then the um, the average for somebody who has some amount of experience in this ranges from 12 to like 16, 18 if you're senior level to 22. Like again, these are hourly, but that's it, it equates to salary. So same, same pushover. And this is the stuff that's published on like ZipRecruiter and on Indeed and on any of the, you know, job sites online as to like the going rates. So when I hire somebody with zero experience and they're costing me thousands of dollars a month and they're not willing to jump on board, from food service, what do you like? How how does probably, that like? And this is the problem too: is they expect money in hand same day. Like they're used to getting tips and going how home you, with money. 
Yeah, for sure. Like this industry is usually a, a biweekly payout. So mm-hmm. like, what do I compromise for that person in order to make them happy? And, and here, here's, watch? here's the, uh, I think you're telling stories to yourself right now. Oh no, I just want to tell you that I hired somebody from food service with the same mentality. And I walked into her taking a nap on our couch in our waiting area. You, you hired what? How many people? I hired, I hired somebody from, that was working in food service and was burnt out. And I asked her, I even asked her too, what she needed to be happy in a job. Like what's the base that, you know, and we'll scale her up from there because I wanted to make sure that her bills were covered so that she could focus on the job and do a good job. And she, she, I don't know. Like I literally walked into the office and her shoes were off on the floor and she was taking a nap on the couch in the middle of her shift. So you've only, so you've only worked, you've only hired one person for the food service industry. I've hired a few. Two. Well, one, one's still here and she's doing good, but like, I'm just saying like the general, like, you know, I just don't know if that's the best idea because like, I've burnt that out as well. It's been it's been more than just that. I one of my last hires too um, that just ended up not working out. She lasted a year in the company, but it came a year and and I was twelve hundred miles away from the business, and I expected them to be able to answer customer questions if they're working in the job every day, and they were ignoring the customers because they couldn't answer the questions. And she came and she was the receptionist at my hair salon. So like I tried to go outside of what it was. She again lasted a year and was great in the position for a year, but when it really came push to shove, I was holding too much of the role still and she didn't understand the base concepts and didn't really want to take the time to understand them either enough to explain them to a client. An account literally that she was working on for a year. Okay. So we still recruit from all those places, except Mm -hmm. in addition to that, put in the filters in the interview process at the same time. Yeah, some yeah. of the stuff that we've talked about. Okay. And, and also, um, unfortunately, Logan, I have to go. I have a, a parent-teacher conference soon. But, I, but I, I would make a couple other quick suggestions, too. Um, if, if, you're, if your business is so financially strapped that, like, you get really pissed off when one of your employees takes a nap on the couch... Like if it was like a five hour nap, that's one thing, right? If they needed like twenty or thirty minutes, maybe they had a How's migraine, that? they couldn't this is work. What I was gonna say, like, yeah. like it's not not as big a deal as as you seem to be making it out to be. And of course, we don't know your business as well as you do. But but over and over again, over two episodes now, I've heard like I saw them on the camera putting their feet up, uh, watching TikTok videos, or I you know they did an all day long thing. thing. It's not a one time thing, and it becomes oh, a cultural okay. thing amongst all of them. It's not you know, and then it shows a lack of respect. Too for me for the clients for what we're trying for to sure. do here. She could go home and take a nap if she wanted or needed to. Like she can take as many breaks as she wants, that's fine, but you don't come into work and be on, you know, again, on the clock or having responsibilities or deadlines and then just decide that you want to take a nap on the couch because your boyfriend broke up with you. Okay, well, let me ask this question then, and, and then we really do have to wrap it up. Um, where would you say, where would you say you've um, had most of your leadership training from? Was it previous jobs? Have you taken any sort of leadership training courses or workshops or anything like that? Yeah, so um, I I have taken um, leadership courses with my um, degree at FAU and I I have business coaches right now too and that's stuff that we like we work on 
But again, um, I think knowing the full scope too, I, these aren't even things that I bring to their attention. Like I, I have management in place. Like it's not a me and them thing. It's not a me saying thing even, you know, I don't, um, yeah. I don't address these issues. These aren't things that I, you know, you'll never see me fly off the handle or say anything to them. Like I let her take her nap and stay there. I said nothing to her. Yeah, but you're like harboring this anger about it. Yeah. Has, any, has anybody said anything to her? Yeah, yeah. Stuff was said to her eventually. I mean, she knew it was inappropriate. She sent me a text message after because um, she woke up and I guess asked them if I had come in or this and that. And, you know, they told us. So she sent me this like big, long apology text message. Um, we do team building as well in the office. Um, once a month, I have for a two hour long session to licensed mental health professionals, like a full on therapist, come and work with them on, you know, different things and, Again, I have third-party sources that, that are part of my organization that come in and do this work with them, and it's an accountability issue and then a hiring issue, too. Like why, why, why don't you talk to them? The team? I, I've, I've, heard, I've heard you mo- more than once on this episode and the last episode say that you have your management talk to your team. Yeah, because the anger... Why, 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 don't, why don't you talk to them? I don't have the restraint to not tell them that, you know, me losing sleep so that they can get a paycheck and them taking a nap on my you, couch pisses me the fuck off. You have to talk. You have, you own the company. You have to connect with your team. Yeah. You do not your management. You do. I mean, that's what management There's no, there, no, 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 this is no. not, that's not the, that's not the way it works. It's, it's, if you want to be a silent owner and have somebody else run the company and you're out of the business altogether, that's one story, but you're not. You're running this company. And so your team has to connect with you, the owner. They need to see somebody who can lead this team not and connect with them. Like you can't you can't just like be mad. You can't be pissed at somebody and then tell somebody else to go to go uh, tell that employee to quit taking a nap because you're pissed. Like that that's not fair. That's not fair. When you have is the owner of Chick Fil A the one that scolds their employees when they're later? Is it management? Is management managing? Oh, oh come on, you're, Logan. I'm calling you on that one. You have 15 people on your team. You're down. You're down to nine. Like you're not the CEO of Chick Fil A. You're running a nine person team. You need to know each of them intimately. You need to have a highly personal relationship with them. You need to care about them, and you need to cut them some slack. No, because that's when like you're. Cross. That's literally the opposite of what my paid business coaches are telling me to do, and the opposite of what the different coaches. Yeah, okay. Yeah, your coaches are full of it, man. I was like, they're telling like, me that I need to have boundaries in place, and that's how I end up getting manipulated, you know, and, and taken advantage of by people that shouldn't be in the organization to begin with. It's being too empathetic and, and caring and allowing them to to just do whatever. So you hear the anger now because I'm like, I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at myself for allowing that stuff. Like that should have been a fired on the spot half the time. You need that. You do need. You do need to have boundaries, but you also need to connect with your team. Yeah, I directly. Mean, I'm at the point where, again, like I, I hired coaches and I, I hired um, again therapists to deal with the hard parts because they get it gets taken personal. All right, let me ask you a question. If you if you pay these business coaches for all this great advice, why are you on this podcast? I mean, I was at the gym listening to it. And I thought it would be cool. To do that. <laughs> Look, we're, we're glad we're glad you're here. We we obviously disagree with lots of lots of ways of running a business, and there's a million ways to run a business. Unfortunately, we have to cut this episode here. But Logan, I think there's a ton. Hopefully, earlier on in the episode that we were able to give you to work on that could be helpful. Obviously, we disagree with how to manage a business. I don't know, you know, and we don't have time to discuss like 
what experience your business coaches have. All I know is that Clay and I have done this a couple times with a couple different businesses. It seems to have worked well for us. We've come out the other side, sold the businesses or have grown the businesses. Like um, it seems to have worked. So, so there might be merit to some of the things that we're saying. We're not saying we're all right all the time about everything, but let's agree to disagree. I think there's some things we can agree that, that will work. Uh, we talked about it earlier, some red flags to look for when you're hiring and let's agree to disagree that some of the methods that you use yeah. to manage your business, I would never ever do. Um, and some of the things that I do to manage my business, you would never do. So, and that's fine. We'll run businesses differently, but we do have to cut the episode here. I do appreciate you taking time to come on the call again today. It's really, it's been a lot of fun and like certainly a stimulating conversation, very lively. And we appreciate you taking the time <laughs> to come back a second time for us. And Clay, thank you for your time as well, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, All right. Guys. See you guys. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.